Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Come on, Celebration Church, give God a hand clap. Yes, yes. Do me a favor, help me welcome in our campuses and people watching online. Yeah, give me a hand clap. At Midtown, Pastor Clay Baird. Pass the ball, Clay, pass the ball. At St. John's, Pastor Bob Neal, the original Cajun in Orange Park. Pastor Ian Combs, we just wanna welcome you here. Orange Park, can I hear you? I can hear Orange Park already, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you didn't even know that you had new carpet that you're sitting on. But anyway, I just wanna thank you. And those who are joining us online, thank you for joining us. Look, you could be anywhere else, anywhere else, but you came here at Celebration Church to honor our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Before I get started, and you hear people come up and do this, uh, on the church staff, we have culture codes. We have 12 of them. I like to run through them all, but I'm not going to do that right now. I have enough time. Clock is ticking. But anyway, culture code number six is we have a culture of honor. And so I like to honor my senior pastor, Pastor Stovall and Carrie Wings. Now watch. And you hear a lot of people do this. Watch. They left everything they knew, and they came here to Jacksonville, Florida, knowing no one. Set up shop. Started a church. Had no idea what God was going to do. Because of their simple obedience... My life, my kids, my family, my finances, my health, my depth with God has gotten much better because of the simple obedience of two people, Pastor Stovall and Carrie Williams. Yeah, give me a hand clap. And some of you as well. And some of you as well. Yes, I love, how many of you know it's a simple act of obedience, but the one who has to be obedient is not that simple. You hear me? But anyway, we're into our, our um, at the movie series. How many of you enjoyed Pastor Petey last week, Inside Out? He did a great job. Did a great job talking about the emotions and everything like that. Well, today I have the challenge of preaching on a movie called Hidden Figures. How many of you have seen the movie? Great movie. Great movie. Let me give you just, just a look, because I want to tell you what the movie is about. You, gotta, you have to go see it. Now, it's about three um, African-American women in the 1960s during the, the heat of the civil rights. I think we have a picture of these three women. I think we have a picture of these three women. There they go. These are the real hidden figures, the real ones. Yes, Dorothy Vaughn, Katherine Johnson, and Mary Jackson. We're going to focus on Katherine Johnson, who was played by Taraji. Uh, what's Taraji Henson? Yes, thank you. Y'all, y'all know Taraji. Okay, Taraji Henson, yes. But the movie is about um, those three women, African-American women, women, then African-American women during the uh, civil rights movement, and they're working for NASA. And uh, they went through some stuff, man. They went through some stuff. And, uh, but they were hidden figures. And uh, what the movie is going to talk about and what happens in the movie is unveils what's going on here at Earth so that we can get a man into space. And so the, the clip that I want to show you is, uh, it's Katherine Johnson, played, again, played by Taraji. And what they're trying to do, they're trying to figure out how to get John Glenn into space and back to Earth safely. And here's what the interesting part is. NASA had hidden figures all the time, and she uses some old-time math, and she does something with that old-time math that they see it, and it's a miracle, okay? The play on words. NASA had hidden figures who used hidden figures to be able to do something that people can see, and it was like a miracle. Without further ado, here's hidden figures. See how Kevin Costner, yeah, Kevin Costner was like, huh. Basically what he was doing, it was like, and you figured that out. You did that. But we also have another hidden. If you have your Bibles, go to John chapter six. We should have it on the 
on the screen. But when I was preparing for this message, what I wanted to do was find a hidden figure in the Bible. So I went to John chapter six, and this is uh, when Jesus feeds the 5,000. You know what the interesting part about this I found out? This is the only story that's in all four gospels, yet John is the only one that says a boy. Everyone else says we have five loaves and two fish, but John uses the boy. Now watch this. Jesus asked him, hey, all these people here, you get them something to eat. So it says, Philip replied, even if we work for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here. No name, <laughs> no anything. Just here's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered 5,000. And scholars believe that there was more than 5,000, 15 to 20,000 that scholars believe because they just counted men during that time. It says, then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish and they all ate as much as they wanted. We're gonna talk about today three characteristics, three, everyone say three. Three characteristics of hidden figures. Father, I thank you, God. I thank you for this message that you put on my heart but you didn't put it on my heart for me to preach, you put it on my heart for me to know. And a lot of the things that you call me to preach are things that you are just showing me, Lord Jesus. I'm just, I'm just a, a, a vehicle, Lord. I, I pray that you would continue to increase and I will decrease and somebody will come to know who you are through this message, God. And I just wanna thank you for all that you're gonna do. In Jesus' name we pray, and one said, amen. You know, when I was preparing for this message, I thought about hidden figures, hidden figures. People who you don't know about, but events and things like that that you know about. So I researched and I looked up some hidden figures. Can we put the first hidden figure up? She's not the hidden figure. Well, she is the hidden figure. That's Claudette Colvin. Here's what's interesting. Claudette Colvin, 1955 in Alabama. She was about 15, 16 years old. She was sitting on a bus and she paid for her seat. And some people came up, two white men, and asked her to get up off the bus. And she said, nope, I'm not getting up out of my seat. But see, this hidden figure here, she had faith that she believed in what she was doing. The reason you don't know about her is because a few months later, she got pregnant. And another woman who also sat on a bus years later brought prominence to another guy. We bring up right there. See, Claudette Colvin is the hidden figure that we never knew about. Oh, I have more for you, okay? Let's bring up the next one. The next one. Scott Braschetta. Scott lost his job in Tennessee. Lost his job. Then he got another job. Seven years later, owned his own company. And he was telling the people around him, there is somebody that I really want to work with. And the people around him said, no, Scott, we're not going to work with this individual. But Scott, man, he, he really had faith. He had faith. He's a hidden figure, but he had faith in bringing this person on. Scott even said, I believe in the next generation. And people were like, you really gonna work with a 14-year-old girl? And he said, yeah, let's bring the 14-year-old girl he started working with. That's who it was. Oh, we got more. <laughs> we have more. Next one, Mary Maxwell. Mary Maxwell was sitting on the board. She was over the, um, the, the, she was the chairman of the board 
for, um, oh, I forget what, what, what company it was, but she was the chairman of the board and she, United Way. She was the chairman. And when she was on this board, there was another guy that came up to her and was talking about, hey, Mary, um, I need some help with my business. It's struggling. So Mary was like, well, why don't you speak to my son? And this guy was like, oh, really, Mary? You want me to talk to your son? I'm running a multi-million dollar business here and you want me to speak to your son? But see, Mary had faith in her son. Mary's the hidden figure. That's her son. That's her son. Here's the last one. Here's my favorite one. Sylvia Robinson. Sylvia Robinson, she saw something uh, while she was out in New York City and she, her company was doing bad. So she was like, man, I've got to incorporate this into my business. And so she went back to New Jersey and she incorporated into her business uh, something in New Jersey and she saw a young man. The young man's name was Hank Jackson. So she brings Hank Jackson in for an interview. And after he interviewed, she had such faith in Hank. She said, do you have any other guys who do this? So Hank brought two more guys, Michael Wright and Guy O'Brien. Matter of fact, she liked it. She, she had such faith in it and she was, uh, loved it so much that she took a picture of it. Do we have the picture? Matter of fact, not, not only did she have a picture, she recorded it. Ride students, hold on, okay? Can we play what she recorded? Remember that? <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Yeah, hold on. Hold on. Because, see, I see you riding student, riot students looking at me like, what is that? Because of Sylvia Robinson and because of this, that led to this. Nothing can stop me. I'm all the way yeah, yeah, okay, okay, that's enough, DJ, because <laughs> I'm seeing some of you out here, I'm seeing, you know, hey, we're in church, it's church now, we're in church, okay, but let's talk about this, all these hidden figures, John chapter 6, verse 7, it says here, the boy, there was a young boy with five loaves and two fish, five loaves and two fish, he was a poor boy. How do I know he was poor? Because he had barley. It was barley. And, and a lot of scholars believe young boys at this time who had barley were from a lower class of family. So he had five loaves and two fish. He didn't have snapper or, or salmon. He had what was like sardines. So he had five loaves and two fish. And he had his mouth all ready for a fish sandwich. All, you ever have your mouth all ready for a fish sandwich? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, because this is James preaching this. He had his mouth ready for a fish sandwich, okay? A fish sandwich. Do you know the difference between a fish sandwich and a fish sandwich? I'm glad you asked. See, a fish sandwich, you go to a nice restaurant and you sit down and they put some exotic cloth on you right here. And you sit down and they move your chair in and you have all different types of silverware, six, seven, eight pieces of silverware. And you have a plate and there's about two or three plates in the middle. And then you have some glasses all around and the person who comes up to you, he's probably dressed better than you. And he asks you what you want. And you have a fish sandwich and then fish sandwich comes you take and you're I'm not talking about that I'm talking about a fish sandwich man a fish sandwich is a place you're going they don't even have tables all right no exotic no exotic uh linen. you're using you're using napkins that feel like sandpaper and then you're going in the dude may not even speak English but he understands fish sandwich so you're going you're like yo my man I want a fish sandwich when I worked in New York City I used to work in the Bronx New York every payday Friday I would walk up to Yankee Stadium and I would go into this place and I would say yo my man hook up that fish sandwich and the dude didn't even speak English 
but he would take it out and it's two big pieces of fish and the bun and the fish is always bigger than the bun. And I put it on there, probably with no tables to sit down. So I just eat it standing up. I take some of that cocktail sauce because I don't like tartar. I take the cocktail sauce, put the hot sauce in it, mix it up, put it on my sandwich and bite it, man. And you have the oil from the fish coming down here and the cocktail sauce. And you don't even know you have a neck and you're over here like this. A fish sandwich. There was one time I went up and I walked back in and it was payday Friday. I was like, yo man, hook up the fish sandwich. And so he took the fish sandwich out of the fryer and he put it on a bun. And you know what I did? I was like, man, these are so good. I need more. So I reached in my pocket and took out two, this is a true story, took out two pieces of bread I had wrapped up in foil and handed them to him and said, yo, my man, take one of the pieces of fish off there. Don't judge me for being ghetto. I'm still working some things out with fear and trembling. <clears throat> so I take, he takes out the fish. I took one fish, piece of fish and I put on my butt and I took another one and I had, and I was shaking. And you know what? In my peanut brain infinite mind, I thought I was multiplying my own fish. You know the difference between me and this boy? This boy gave his fish to Jesus. And when he gave it to Jesus, Jesus took it and he multiplied it. Not James, Jesus multiplied it. And because Jesus is in the multiplication business. That's why when you read Matthew chapter 25, the parable of the, the talents, the one who had five didn't get one, he got five more. The one who had two, he got two more. Jesus started with 12 and he ended up with 72. He's in the multiplication business. So he gives it to Jesus. What he has in his possession, he gives it to Jesus. Jesus takes it and he multiplies it. And after he multiplies it, it said 5,000, but scholars believe that it was 15 to 20,000 people witnessed the miracle right before their eyes. And if you read the end of the story, it says they had so much, they ended up with 12 bags of leftovers. So let me get this straight, James. The boy gave what was in his possession. He gave it to Jesus. Jesus multiplied it. Thousands and thousands of people experienced the miracle right before their eyes. And the one who gave ended up getting back more. The boy gave out of his possession. He gave it to, let me help, let me say it to you this way. The boy gave out of his own possession. He gave what was his. He took it and he gave it to Jesus. And when he gave it to Jesus, Jesus took it and he multiplied it and thousands and thousands of people experienced a miracle down in our campus in Fort Lauderdale where a young boy came back to know who Jesus is. Are you telling me that thousands and thousands of people experienced a miracle of someone's grandmother in Orlando who had cancer and now she's cancer free? James, are you saying that thousands and thousands of people experienced a miracle of a woman or a family in Orange Park who was dealing with alcohol alcoholism and drug issues and now they're clean thousands and thousands of people will experience the miracles up in Amelia Island and over in the St. John's campus where a young girl who used to cut herself is now singing on the worship team thousands and thousands of people in Washington DC in Paris in Zimbabwe will watch their communities be transformed 
and thousands of thousands of people sitting in this arena will come down here and watch God do supernatural with their finances, with their marriage, with their health, with their kids, with their jobs, buying houses, selling houses, job promotions, thousands and thousands of people and those who gave will get back more than what they started with. Is that what you're saying? Amen. Now watch. Because for years, back in the gym, there have been hidden figures. Hidden figures who had faith. That's my first point. Hidden figures who had faith. Given way back when we were in the gym. Given so we can be here today. Hidden figures. They didn't give to get. They gave because they had faith in what God was going to do. And I thank God that they may not have been smart enough to see what God was showing but they were faithful enough to give to what God was growing. Oh, I think I'll say it again. I said they may not have been smart enough to see what God was showing, but they were faithful enough to give what God was growing. Hidden figure who had faith. Give God a hand clap. Oh, we're just getting started. We're just getting started. Watch it. What if the boy was like, man, you ain't getting my fish sandwich. Mm, you're not getting mine. What I have, I'm keeping mine. I'm keeping mine, because it's about me first. Because none of you ever get like that, because sometimes I get like that. I do. Now watch this. What if he didn't? I have a scripture in Matthew chapter six. Watch this. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and man. That word right there messed me up. Because a lot of your translations say you cannot serve God in money. So I was like, what in the world is mammon? You hear me, Midtown? What is mammon? St. John's, Orange Park, what is mammon? And so I did a message here, uh, a, a few years ago at Orange Park on examine the word mammon. But I just want to share some things with you. I have my... Uh, my volunteer, would you please come up here? Pastor Carla Adcox, would you please give her a hand clap? Bring some chairs up. Because watch this. I need you to get this and understand this. Watch this. Thank you, Zach. Thank you. Have a seat. Carla's a good friend of mine. See what happens when you want to make me volunteer and walk horses around in the back parking lot? See? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, no. But anyway, watch. I need you. Uh, look, campuses, listen. If you're watching online, I need you to get this. When I started looking at mammon. They have a definition of mammon. Can we put the definition up? A demonic God that is always in competition. Everyone say competition. Competition or contrast with the living God. Its sole purpose is to try to give you everything you think you want that only God can provide. Example, happiness. Mammon tries to give you happiness. How many of you know our joy comes from the Lord? Okay. Example. All right. Possessions, fame, status, influence, political, material gain. And mammon talks to us. I know, I know, I know, I know. The boy's going off his rocker now, honey. Get up, let's go. Mammon talks to us. See, because in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it says, we do not fight against flesh and blood. It's not me and you, but principalities, okay? And so what happens, my buddy Josh Turner in Orlando, he used to say, like Satan doesn't show up with the red outfit and the pitchfork and the, and the pointy tail, huh, you would be like, that's Satan, I'm out of here. He's real cunning. He's real cunning. He did it with Adam and Eve. He's real cunning. And so, mammon talks. What do you mean, James, mammon talks? I'll show you. 
When you guys are sitting here and someone takes up the tithes and offerings, here's what Mammon does with some of you guys. Carl is going to be just a regular Celebration Church member. I'm going to be Mammon. Here's what happens. Hey, we're going to take up the tithes and offerings. <laughs> hey, look here, girl. What you doing? Hey, hey. They go to that church again, talking about money. Look at all this stuff they got in here. Look at the lights. Look at the stage. You check out the kids' wing. You really think they need your money? What kind of car is that pastor drive? What do you think, huh? That's what the church, that's all they're doing. They want to talk about money. That's all they want to do. And then when you start taking out your wallet or you take your checkbook out or your debit card, man, gets a little more forceful. Ho, 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 wait a minute now. Wait a minute. Girl, you know you got the JEA, Sears, car payment. And remember that outfit you wanted to get over to town center? You remember that outfit? Because you know nobody wears it like you, girl. Nobody wears it like you. So, mm-hmm. But the church, the church wants the money. That's all they want, your money. And then when you start getting ready to pay, he gets real forceful. Oh, so you really going to give, huh? You really going to give. You know you and your husband, last five arguments you had was about money. They were about money. And now, you, now he gets desperate. And you're going to go broke and you're going to go homeless. You're going to have no food for your kids. Kids are going to be screaming and hollering. You're going to have no job. And when you're out on the street and you get signs looking for food, will work for food, you're going to have to blame it on the church. And the church is going to run from you. The church is going to run from you. But that's what mammon does. It speaks to us. Thank you. Thank you, Carl. Thank you. Now watch. Now watch this, church. You know how I know mammon speaks to you? Oh, thanks. This is how I know mammon speaks to you. Because when we go to the town center to pay $12.50 to see The Last Jedi, I'm not hearing mammon. I'm not hearing anybody going, look at Tinseltown talking to us, $12.50 to come into and see a movie. Mammon's not talking. Mammon's not saying anything. Watch this, watch this. Then we go pay $4.50 for a vitamin water when you can get them for 99 cents at Publix. And sneak them, I'm sorry, and just get them at Publix. I'm not hearing mammon. Watch, watch, I'm not hearing mammon. Hey, let's go over to Dick's Sporting Goods store. LeBron got the latest shoes, they're $180. I'm not hearing mammon in that. I didn't hear mammon at all on Black Friday. I didn't hear mammon at all. You think Mammon was standing in line to get the iPhone X for $999? I didn't hear, oh yeah, I didn't hear Mammon then. But as soon as somebody comes up here and wants to talk about we're going to give our tithes and offerings to the church, all of a sudden that's all they do is want my money. That's all they do is want my money. See, this little boy, this little boy, he was a hidden figure. He had faith, but he had to hold for, you don't think that mammon went to that little boy and was like, dude, you got 12, you got five loaves and two fish. There are 20,000 people here and you think that you're really gonna make a difference with the stuff that you got? He held firm. He gave it to Jesus. He multiplied it. And all those people, all those people saw the miracle of Jesus right before their eyes, but he stayed firm. He stayed firm. You don't think Katherine Johnson, hidden figure at NASA during the 60s, she's the only woman 
working around men. You don't think she has to hold firm on her faith? How do you know she's a Christian, James? Because I researched her. She sang in the Presbyterian choir for 50 years. 50 years. She had to hold firm. And it's amazing how we have to hold firm. The world will hold firm to their stuff, but they'll tell us we can't hold firm to our stuff. We have to hold firm. Hidden figure who has faith, hidden figure who holds firm. And I was, I was doing a prayer at a place. They asked me to come and do the prayer. So I was like, okay, I'll come and do the prayer. And so when I walked in, there were people sitting there. They had a, like a little bar there. People were drinking. People were drinking too much. You know what I'm saying? Too much. Walked past them. Hi, how you doing? Heard some people cursing and swearing. Just walked by them. It's the world. That's what they do. And heard some people taking the Lord's name in vain. It's like, okay, that's what they do. So I got to my seat and I was sitting up front and I was sitting down. I was getting ready to go up and do the opening prayer. Five minutes, church, before I go do the opening prayer, this dude walks up to me and goes, uh, hey, hey uh, minister, father, pastor, brother, um, <laughs> you might want to hold on, but hold off. Don't be so firm with Jesus because there's a whole bunch of people here, you know. I'm like, who do you want me to pray in the name of Barnum and Bailey? Come on, bro. What do you want me to do? So I go up and I'm, I'm doing a prayer. And, uh, and I've told this story in Orange Park, you probably heard it before. So I'm doing the prayer, and all of a sudden I'm like, Father, I just thank you for a minute. And, and, Jesus, and, and the dude's staring at me like this. So I started praying like this. And so he's, I watch his church, and he's looking at me, I'm just praying, like, Father, in the name, in the name above all names, ha! He is the Alpha and he is the Omega. Ha, 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 ha. That means he's the first and that means he's the last. Ha, 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 ha. He's the one that we call Melchizedek that Abraham took offerings to. Ha, ha. He is so smooth. He was with Peter when he walked on the water. Ha, but he was so bad. He was in a fire with Shadrach, a Meshach, and Abednego. In the name of Jesus. When I said that, I walked off and he came running after me. Man, I told you to hold off on that Jesus. I said, I didn't hear you tell those people that were drinking to hold off on drinking, but you want to tell me to hold off on my Jesus? I didn't hear you tell those people to stop swearing, but you want me to hold off on my Jesus. Do I got this? I didn't hear you tell them to stop taking Jesus' name in vain, but you want me to hold off on my Jesus? See, we got to stay firm. Let me tell you who's staying firm with their stuff. ISIS is staying firm. Al-Qaeda is staying firm. Pornography is staying firm. Suicide, especially with teenagers, is staying firm. Depression is staying firm. And you want me to take it easy? Well, are you kidding me? It's the Jesus that overcomes those things. Are you kidding me? A hidden figure who has faith, who holds firm. And this is the last one. This is a good one. I gotta hurry up. I gotta hurry up. Wow, time flies up here. Okay. If you ever read in 1 Samuel 16, another hidden figure, um, the prophet Samuel goes to Jesse's house. He's like, hey, Jesse, I'm, I, I gotta speed through this. Hey, Jesse, God told me one of your boys is gonna be the king. And Jesse's like, all right. Brings them all out. He looks at him. He's like, no, 
of these with the king. What's up, Jesse? Jesse says, oh, there's another one. The youngest one. He doesn't even give his own son a name. He tells the prophet, it's just another one. Another hidden figure. Now let's fast forward. So now we have in Matthew, in First Samuel chapter 17, that's when David and Goliath fight. But here's something I never saw. Get this Midtown, get this St. John's, get this Orange Park, something I never saw. So they're fighting on a mountain. You got the, um, the Israelites up on a mountain, like on this side, and you got the Philistines up on this side. In the middle is a valley called Elah, E-L-A-H. Everyone say Elah. It was a main thoroughfare for places like Hebron, Nazareth, Bethlehem. It was places like that. So people used to walk through it. That represents the world. Everyone say the world. That represents the world. So David has his brothers on the mountain and the Philistines have, they're up on the mountain and Goliath comes down here in the middle, okay? But David's dad said, David, go encourage your brothers, take them food. So David would take them food, ask questions, encourage them. David was a worshiper, so he probably prayed for him. It doesn't say that, but I'm telling you, this is what's going on. He's a worship leader, so he's probably worshiping, praying, encouraging, feeding, lifting them up. That's what we do here at church. Encourage, pray, feed you the word of God, and lift you up, ask you questions. So that's what David's doing. But now Goliath is down in the valley and he wants to fight. He never goes up on the mountainside of the Israelites. He ain't that stupid, all right? He stays in the valley. And if you ever read, he says, some translations say, why do you come out here to fight me, Goliath? But other translations say, why don't you come down here and fight me? He wanted David to come down in the world with him. Now watch, God told David to do something specific that messed me up all together. Let me, let me read this to you. It's in uh, 1 Samuel 17, 14. He picked up five smooth stones from the stream. Everyone say stream. Picked up five smooth stones from the stream and put them in his shepherd's bag. Now watch this. When I read that, I said, God, what does that really mean? God told me, he said, go look up places where stagnant water is. I went to a science periodical. Science, not Bible, science. And it said, you will find stagnant waters in places like ponds, lagoons, lakes, and some rivers. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? He said, go look where the water's moving. And when I looked where it said water's moving, science periodical, it said brooks and streams. The science periodical even said, this is what we call living water. And it hit me when David had to go get the rocks. He couldn't get the rocks from the stagnant water. He had to go get the rocks from the living water. That's why Jesus told the woman at the well in John chapter four, verse 10, if you'd have known who it was that was asking for water, he would have given you living water and you would never thirst again. John said in John chapter one, verse 16, Jesus is the word that became flesh. So here's what's really going on. See, David is up on the mountain with his brothers and he realizes that he's got to go down into the world to fight something that's bigger than him, to fight something that's going to stress him, to fight something that he's going to be thinking about all the time, to fight something that may have to kill him, but he realizes that he cannot leave the mountain and go into the world without his brother. Let me say it to you this way. He cannot leave church and go into the world and fight a giant unless he has his rocks with him. 
See, David realized that I cannot leave church and go into the world. Let me change it around. There will be some of you in here that are going to leave church on Sunday and you're going to go out to the world to a boss that's going to drive you up the wall. Some of you are going to leave church here and let's be real, you're going to hit the parking situation. Some of you are going to have to leave church here and you're going to have to go out and deal with a major issue. But I'm telling you, you can leave church. You don't need a stone. You can leave church and go into the world and you can take your scripture with you and you will be a hidden figure. See, when David did that, he was a hidden figure who also highlighted the father. See, some of you are getting to some situations so it'll drive you up the wall. In the world, you can't do it on your own. Like I tried to multiply my own fish sandwich. It don't work that way. It's gotta be God. David, hidden figure who highlighted the father. Now watch this. There are some of you in here. You're gonna leave here and you're gonna go to work on Monday. And I often think about you guys who go to work on Monday. You're gonna go to work on Monday and you're gonna walk into your job and you're like, man, I hate being here. You hush your mouth. You know why? You're supposed to be there. You're supposed to be there. And when you walk into your job Monday, how many of you have ever watched the Jeffersons? You ever see George Jefferson getting out the cab when he left the hood and he's going to a deluxe apartment in the sky? That's how he walks. That's how he walks. You know why? He knows he's not that anymore. He's looking forward to some new things. So when I go to the town center or down to um, the outlets, or I see you at Publix, or I see you at Avenues, and I see you at your job, I want you to walk up to me. But when you're walking, I want you to say, I'm a hidden figure, but I'm a half faith. I'm a whole firm. I'm a highlight the father. I'm a hidden figure. I'm a half faith. I'm a whole firm. I'm a highlight the father. And then I want you to come up to me and I want you to greet me like some of you do. Hey, Pastor James. All right? <laughs> when you greet me, because here's what I want you to know. If you're at a job, you're a single mom. If you're at home, you're the hidden figure. You're the hidden figure who has faith, who holds firm, who highlights the Father. And when you do that, thousands and thousands of people are gonna experience a miracle of Jesus Christ right before their eyes because you're the hidden figure. Amen. Now watch. Everybody hold on, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna pray. Hold on, hold on. It's funny, because Pastor Stovall says, hold on. Here's what I want you to hold on. Think about this. Think about the boy. He's sitting down, five loaves, two fish. He's a poor boy. He doesn't know where his next meal's coming from. He's gotta give up his possession. He's gotta give up what he has. And he's getting ready to get over it, give it to Jesus. And I'm sure there's a, oh man, what am I gonna do? And his heart is beating. See, right now, there are some of you in here, you're getting ready to give your possession over to Jesus. And that's why this is such an important part of our, our service, because you're getting ready to exchange that old thing for something new. Amen? Now watch. If you're in here, every head bow, every eye close. If you're in here and you're saying to yourself, man, this has nothing to do with heaven or hell. Just saved, sanctified, on your way. But you're like, Pastor James, you don't, you, you don't get it, man. I'm going through some stuff. I'm going through some stuff at my old job. I'm going through some stuff at home, my husband, my finances, and nobody knows. Nobody sees it. I'm telling you, your Bible, Matthew chapter 6, verse 4 says, 
Whatever you do in secret, your God who sees in secret will reward you openly. If you're in here and you're just going through a tough time and nobody knows, see when you raise, before I said it, before, thank you God, when you raise your hand, you're the hidden figure who has faith. When you do it when people are watching, you hold firm. And when you leave out of here, you highlight the Father. So if you're in here with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're going through a major struggle and you just want prayer, or you just want strength to be able to hold firm, I want you to signify by just raising a hand. Just raising, oh my goodness. Put them up, hold them up, hold them up. Because we're going to let the enemy know, uh-uh, this ain't you. We're going to do this. Hold them up. I see them up there. At the campuses, Midtown, St. John's, Orange Park, hold your hands up. You can put those hands down. If you're in here and you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior, and I, this is the scripture that got me, and I use this every time I preach. Luke chapter 12, verse 8. Jesus said it, not James Price. Jesus said, if you ever deny me in front of man, I deny you in front of my Father in heaven. But when you accept me in front of man, I'll accept you in front of my Father in heaven. If you never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you want to give your heart, that possession, over to Jesus, I want you to signify by raising a hand. Raise a hand. See it? I see it. I see it. Up in the balcony. I see it. You can put those hands down. I'm just going to pray. And I'm praying for the campuses. Father, we just thank you for those who are going through a tough time. I ask that you be with them, God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that as we are hidden figures, Lord Jesus, people will come to know who we are through you, Father. I thank you, God, what you're going to do with us. And I thank you that we can look back on this day and know that you are with us all the time. Father, I thank you for those who are asking to have a relationship with you for the first time. And I want you to repeat this after me. In church, you repeat it as a declaration of your faith. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for coming into my life. I repent of my sins today. I believe that you died and you rose again three days later. I love you and I need you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen, amen. Come on. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.